This episode is brought to you by Active Campaign. Build your email sequence, schedule campaigns, generate landing pages, and send great emails to stay in front of your audience and offer exactly what they want to see. I've tried every email service provider out there, and Active Campaign is by far my favorite to use, and it's been the most effective. You can start your free 14-day Active Campaign trial today. Just go to michellecarawana.com tools and select Active Campaign, or head right to the show notes for the direct link to your free 14-day trial for Active Campaign. If you own or manage an indoor play center or really any business that serves local kids and families, and you want to operate with more ease and joy all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for small but mighty tips every weekday that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play-based business. In the previous episode, I hopefully convinced you why you need a manager for your play-based business, or at the very least, a team leader or point person employee. And now I'm going to give you some tips about how to make this work and how to make it affordable for your business and how you can hire effectively. But before I get into the tips, I just wanted to quickly remind you that the best way that you can show support for me or for the show is to stop whatever you are doing and leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. It takes just a few seconds and it helps me reach other business owners and I appreciate it so much more than you know. All right. Did you leave your rating and review? Thank you so much. All right. Let's get into the tips for today. My first tip about hiring a manager effectively is to work it into your business plan if you're able to. So if you are not yet open, you need to work the cost of hiring a manager or a team leader into your business plan. I always recommend starting with a manager from the beginning for all of the reasons that I talked about yesterday. And something that I meant to mention in yesterday's episode, but I completely forgot. And then I was in like the shower after I recorded the episode and I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot to mention this. And this is one of the most important things. So I wanted to say it today. And that is that all of these tasks that I talked about in yesterday's episode, like creating standard operating procedures, creating training videos, working to improve operating procedures, finding cost-saving opportunities, All of these things are going to benefit you, not just in the immediate moment. So it's not just going to save you a ton of money on payroll and your ordering and things like that. It's also going to significantly boost the overall value of your business. If you ever decide to take on an investor or if you ever decide to sell or anything like that, all of these things are extremely time consuming for an owner to do, but they will drastically. And when I say drastically, I mean, it will skyrocket the value of your business. Because like I talked about in the exit strategy episode, people want a turnkey business. They don't want the owner to have to stay on for years in order to get the new owner up to speed and you know have everything up and running like a well-oiled machine. So trust me, this is going to benefit you in so many more ways than just the immediate cost-saving tips and business growth opportunities. All right, so back to the first tip is you should definitely work it into your business plan if you're able to. So if you're one of my students, you know that I always recommend not calculating your prices based on competition, but instead calculating your prices based on profit margin for 
a ton of different reasons that I'm not going to get into today. That is another episode for another time. So while you're creating your prices and while you're doing all these calculations in your business plan, work your manager salary or pay into operating costs because a manager will typically work consistent hours regardless of your event or business volume. So I always recommend adding it just into your flat fixed monthly operating costs. And like I said, don't base pri- don't price based on competition because you don't know if they have a manager. You don't know what their business looks like behind the scenes. So work the salary into your costs from the beginning. And then my second tip is a little secret that a lot of people don't realize, and that's that your manager doesn't need to be full-time and they don't need to be salaried. You are the boss in your business if you are the owner and you make the rules. So my manager, who I had for several years, she worked 28 hours a week and that was perfect for her because she was taking some time off from college to kind of figure out what her interests were and she was just getting some experience, but she just wasn't interested in like a full-time 40-hour-a-week job quite yet. So 28 hours was perfect for me in terms of what I was able to afford in a manager and it was perfect for her. And it's a lot easier to find someone to work 28 hours than it is to work 40 hours. So just keep that in mind. And like I'm going to mention in tomorrow's episode, she is a Gen Z through and through. And I noticed that she and other people in her generation really value consistency, but also flexibility. So I kind of let her choose, okay, are you going to open this day? Are you going to close this day? Do you want to work weekends? What do you want your schedule to look like? And by having a manager work 28 hours instead of 40 really gives them that flexibility that someone in Gen Z is really looking for. And because a huge portion of Gen Z uh, people work in like the service industry, like the restaurant industry or the bar industry or something like that, a lot of times they have to work nights and weekends. So if you can offer them daytime flexible hours that don't require nights or weekends, that's going to be a huge plus. And it's really going to make your business stand out against the fierce job competition market. So that's just something to keep in mind. All right. And then my third tip is that you don't need to hire someone with manager experience. And this is something that I have said on almost every single coaching call that I've ever done in Playmaker Society, because a lot of people assume that you have to hire someone with managerial experience. And because of that misconception, they're only attracting candidates because they're making it a requirement that are way outpriced for what they can afford in their play-based business. So I always recommend saving some money by hiring someone with customer service experience. So you obviously don't want to hire a manager who this is their first job that they've ever had. So I find it beneficial to have customer service experience because that's a pretty common skill to have, but without managerial experience. And if you are able to kind of take someone that was in just a regular employee role and make them a manager, it's going to help them increase the value of their resume and it's going to help them with future job prospects. And because of this, you're going to be able to pay them less, which sounds a little bit bad, but obviously we want to benefit or we want to pay people commensurate with their experience. So for me, when I hired my manager, again, she didn't have any managerial experience. I was able to pay her just a few dollars above minimum wage for other reasons that I'm going to talk about in a minute. And that was one of the ways that I was able to afford a manager from the very beginning, even when I wasn't doing super well. And even when I wasn't as profitable as I was at the conclusion when I sold my business. 
And you can also start somebody as a team lead and then promote them to a manager after a couple months. You can kind of give them a growth path that says, hey, if you hit these benchmarks and if you do X, Y, and Z, we will promote you to a full manager. But you can kind of put them as team lead or team leader or shift lead, something like that. It doesn't have to start as a full manager because manager is a pretty heavy and significant title. So again, you are the boss. You can make the rules. Now, the one caveat that I will say with this tip is that if you're hiring someone to be a manager and they don't have experience, you will need to do the work and teach yourself as the owner how to teach someone how to be a manager. And yes, this will take a little bit of time on your end, but I promise you the cost savings that you're going to be able to get from this and just the entire process is going to be so much more rewarding. So what I did in order to teach myself this, because I had no freaking idea, by the way, I thought I did. I had no idea how to teach someone else to be a leader or how to manage employees. So I ended up taking seminars and courses and yes, it cost a little bit of time and money, but it will pay off for you and you will have a much larger pool of candidates to choose from and you'll be able to afford a lot more of them if you take the managerial experience requirement off the table. So like I said, you will need to do the work and train yourself and step up as an owner, but that little time and money investment will pay off in droves, I promise you. I know this one from a lot of experience. All right, my fourth tip is that you can hire someone on a discretionary or a probation period. So let's say it's a three-month trial or there's checkpoints that they need to, again, hit over these three months. You don't have to hire somebody as you know a full manager or anything like that right at the beginning. You can hire them with a discretionary period. So you hire them as a regular employee instead of a team lead. And then, again, give them that growth path and continue promoting them and continue watching them grow. And once they complete all the training, once they go to seminars, or once you train them how to manage a team and how to manage employees then they can kind of reach those next levels and levels of promotion. Now, with this tip is I highly recommend that you set those checkpoints and measure the things that you wrote down yesterday. So those three lists that I talked about, I want you to make sure that this person is capable of accomplishing these things. And you want to be able to measure these things within one to two months of having this person hired. And then after that two-month period, let's say your probationary period is three months. After this one or two-month period, if you feel like you have enough data, if you have enough information, make some improvements because it's not going to be perfect. You are not going to just walk into an absolutely perfect manager position. You're going to have to make some tweaks to either their schedule or their tasks or the time that they do each task or how their tasks are prioritized. So after the first couple months, make some tweaks and then continue to measure over that last month of the probationary period because you not only want to make sure it's a good fit for your business, but you also want to make sure that it's a good fit for them. So again, make sure that if you're hiring somebody on a probationary period that you have these checkpoints and it's very clear so that, again, you can take the emotion out of the process and say, okay, this wasn't done, this wasn't done, we need to switch this around. And it's just going to help you if you ever need to repeat the process. All right, my fifth tip is to hire someone who aligns with your company values and environment over somebody who has matching experience. Because 
it is much easier to train someone how to make a coffee or how to make a latte or how to book a birthday party than it is to change their personality. So a lot of people will severely limit their pool of employees that they can choose from. Again, like I already said, by requiring managerial experience, but also requiring coffee experience or things like that. Trust me, you can teach somebody to make a coffee in a lot less time and with a lot less effort than trying to make someone's personality fit a mold that it just can't. So I always recommend hiring based on personality and based on you know, how they feel like they would mesh with the other team and work with your customers and work with you better. That is going to save you a lot of time and rework and turnover. Trust me. All right. My sixth tip is to work commission into their payment structure. So yes, of course, you want to pay them a living decent wage that is higher than minimum wage as a team leader or a manager. But in order to reduce your risk in hiring a manager and make it more affordable to you is pay them based on their sales or based on their job performance. Because not only is that going to give them an incentive to perform and to work harder and to grow and improve week over week, they're only getting paid this commission if they're generating the sales or the cost saving or the hours saved. They're only getting paid if they accomplish all of these things. So if the money is not coming in, or if they're not saving the money that you anticipated, they're not getting these bonuses. They're not getting this extra commission. So it's a way of incentivizing them. And it's also a way of protecting yourself and keeping this position affordable for you. And then my last tip is to recognize them and empower them. And this is something that I'm going to talk more about in a future lesson because Tiffany, the owner of My Play Cafe in Lee Summit, Missouri, brought up a really great point in our Playmaker Society group coaching group the other day. She actually lost one of her employees previously because she didn't recognize them enough on their one-year anniversary. And it really bummed her out because it wasn't her intention, but she was just so much in the thick of it. And she was so busy that it just slipped her mind and she didn't realize how much of a priority it is. So now she has all sorts of tips and she does all sorts of cute things to really recognize and celebrate her employees when they reach milestones and things like that. But you want to make sure that you're recognizing them and empowering them. So within the team, so you want to make sure that everybody knows what their title is. You want to make sure everyone knows that they answer to them and that they're a buffer between you and them. So you want to make sure you have that hierarchy in place. You want to recognize them on social media so that your customers know who they can go to if they have issues or who's in charge. You want to give them, you know, the little perks of being a manager that make them feel good, but also empower them to do their job. So give them their own email address. Maybe it doesn't have to be their name, but maybe it can be manager at playcafe.com or whatever the case may be, but give them the access that they need and you need to be able to trust them. So make sure they know that you trust them and that you're willing to empower them with these sorts of accesses and emails and things like that so that they can actually have the power to make a difference in your business. And then finally, make sure that you actually give them authority. A lot of times owners hire managers, but then they force the manager to run every single little teeny tiny decision through them. That is going to be a lose-lose situation. It's actually going to create more time that you're going to have to spend just micromanaging. And it's going to make them feel you know, belittled and they're going to constantly feel undermined as an authority among the team. So you want to make sure that you're actually allowing them and empowering them and giving them the training to make their own decisions. Now, of course, if it's switching vendors or if it's canceling a birthday party or if it's 
you know, changing prices or something like that, that's obviously something that they want to go over with you. But if it's choosing the drink of the day or posting an Instagram reel or something like that, as long as they have the proper guidelines and procedures that they're following, you should be able to empower them to do those things without running every single little thing by you. So that is going to be one of my best tips on how to retain and keep your manager happy. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. Your play of the day is to, if you're in Playmaker Society, take my template that I gave you for a manager posting and just download it. Keep it on file if you already have a manager or if you're not quite ready to do this, but keep it on file and tweak it based on your business needs so that if you ever reach your breaking point or if your current manager ever leaves for whatever reason that you're able to replace them or you're able to get right back on the horse and you know, continue operating your business as you desire to very quickly. And if you're not in Playmaker Society, then your play of the day is to draft your own managerial post and think about what values you would look for in a potential candidate or what tasks that you might need them to do based on your play of the day yesterday. And if you want to join Playmaker Society or any of my programs, all of those links are in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate it so much. And Thank you again for leaving a rating and review wherever you are listening. So make your play of the day and I will see you right back here tomorrow.